BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. I can't believe I'm as excited about this episode as I'm excited about this episode. It's showtime, folks. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rockwell. Why don't you try getting jacked off under the table in front of the whole damn family and have some real problems? Jackass. Welcome, welcome, Toxic Twinners, Blue Army Nation, and Rockalites of The Rockmore. I am your host for this climb as we pay tribute to the four career-defining songs of arguably the best rock band that America has to offer. I mean... I think Boston's Godfathers of Rock may be pretty close to the band we'll be featuring next week, and thus you're going to have to have some kind of a bracket to play off of here. But that said, it's kind of a one-two red, white, and blue punch, this post. It's kind of a one-two red, white, and blue punch this post-Fourth of July weekend. This week, it's driving music. Next week, it's driving music. Get it? All right, well, listen, if you're rescheduling next weekend and your road trip around what we'll be doing here at Mount Rockmore, then all I ask is that you check out our other Mount Rockmore ventures at thebowershow.com. We recently tackled the ZZ Top Mount Rockmore, the Mount Rushmore of ZZ Top songs. We had their fellow Southern Fried Rockers in 38 special. With a little help from our friends at the NFL Network, we covered the Beastie Boys and Alice in Chains in Mount Rockmore. And in this episode... We're going to ask you to crank it up to 11. Just ask Alexa to play Mount Rockmore on TuneIn. And you know what? She'll tease her hair, puff out her lips, and tie some scarves to the mic stand, a la today's featured Rockmores. Now, back when these guys released their debut album in 1973, Aerosmith, they wanted to be the Rolling Stones. From the shotgun guitar riffs to Steven Tyler's Jagger-like moves, They rarely hid their influence of the Stones in the early days. But over time, they turned into one of America's best arena-sized bar bands. They're considered one of the greatest American rock bands of all time. I think that's a very true statement. Aerosmith has forged their signature sound by blending heavy metal and rock with the blues. And ta-da, there you got it. The finishing touch, Steven Tyler's one-of-a-kind vocals. Now... 
I go into these and I am absolutely fully aware that I will not be able to satisfy every blue army member who rocks the denim jeans and jean jackets, as well as the diehard fan. But the Godfathers, they got to get a plan, period. End of list. I mean, there's too much. You can rattle off four songs right now that you can think of to carve into the mountainside of Mount Rockmore. And that would be an easy thing to do. But you got a number going to get leapt off, right? Right. So we got to get a play in here. There's too much that will get left off when you're only carving four songs into the Aerosmith face of Mount Rushmore. So it's kind of hard for me to imagine the start of an episode of Rockmore getting more sappy than this. But as a play in, play in, mind you, this is possibly the most polarizing song in the entire Aerosmith catalog. Remarkably, it is the single biggest hit in the entire Aerosmith catalog. Many old school Aerosmith fans saw this as a sellout move, but it also introduced the band to an entirely new audience. So, the play-in on this Mount Rockmore of Aerosmith, the 16th seed, if you will, is the song you know from Armageddon. It's Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing here on Mount Rockmore. I could stay awake just to hear Watch you smile while you are sleeping While you're far away dreaming I could spend my life in this sweet surrender I could stay lost in this moment forever Every moment spent with you is a moment I trust
Listen, totally get it. Understand why you hate this song. The power chords, the giant asteroid movie it comes from, the way Tyler loses control of his voice and possibly even his bowels at the end of the song. But here's the thing, it's still a great song. And it came at a time when Aerosmith really, really, really needed a hit. It had been four years since Get a Grip was out. The follow-up disc, Nine Lives, kind of a big disappointment. The band was also at each other's throats. They were fighting, and all of a sudden, this song comes from the soundtrack to Armageddon, absolutely explodes, and gives them yet another lease on life. Aerosmith has had quite a few of those lies. Sure, anyone could have recorded I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, and it would have been a hit, but Aerosmith racked up their only number one song with it. Well played and well deserved, I say. Now it's time to get into the carving. Steven Tyler wrote this on a Steinway upright piano about four years before Aerosmith even formed. He says it's about hunger and desire and ambition to be somebody that Aerosmith felt in those days. And you can kind of hear that in the way that it works, right? The song barely cracked the top 60 when they released it in 1973, but they knew it was a classic song. So after Toys in the Attic broke, they re-released an edited version of it that shot right to the top of the charts all around the world. The band has played this song countless times, but it always gets the biggest reaction of the night. Our first official carving into the Mount Rockmore of Aerosmith goes to Dream On here on Mount Rockmore. Every time that I look in the mirror 
since turned into one of the 70s most resilient power ballads although i never really thought of it as a power ballad and technically a perennial favorite among wishful strippers across the country on the way aerosmith had some setbacks but also had a triumphant comeback in the 80s that turned them into even bigger rock stars what almost didn't happen and who was considered at one point to be a steven tyler replacement that's all on the way here on mount rockmore McCaddis filling in for Clifford Baines, who is playing Trivial Pursuit with his neighbor, Gene. A recent report from the Shuttleworth Institute shows for the first time that more than half of college-age males say they regularly get stoked. Are young people ignoring the dangers of being stoked? Yes, kids as young as 17 or 18 are getting stoked over things as simple as snowboarding or finding $10 in their pants' pocket. It's not safe. It's dangerous and annoying. I really think this is all being blown out of proportion. I mean, so what if a young man buys a pair of sunglasses, gets a little stoked, and then gives out a bunch of high fives. What is the harm yeah, well, in that? Dustin, have you ever seen anyone who's stoked? <laughs> yes, I have. They're like, dude, dude, try these nachos. Oh, that's just mm-hmm. irresponsible. Oh, yeah, so one scary. minute you're getting all stoked up about a weird-looking tree, and then the next minute you're chest-bumping with some dude where both of you break your sternums and you're on your way to the emergency room. No, but, I mean, getting stoked is as big a part of growing up as living large or getting weirded out. But there was an incident at the University of Michigan last year where a college sophomore became so stoked after finding his favorite sweatshirt behind a chair at his friend's house that he remained stoked for 52 hours. That was a frightening story. I mean, apparently he was just telling everyone he was so stoked about finding it and saying fucking yes, fucking yes, fucking yes. But the situation was he thought he had lost it. I mean, you would be just as stoked if that happened to you. I would absolutely not be that. Don't give me that. Former BMX biker Ty Lindgren just wrote a confessional novel about being stoked during much of his career. He wrote, every day was just one big fucking trip. I was just so stoked to be on the professional BMX circuit. And now he's dead. He is? Oh my God. Well, I assume he is. Duncan, I know personally that the effects of getting stoked can last a lifetime. When I was young and I had a great, great day at the beach and I got really stoked. And that evening I got this. Oh. Yes. <gasps> 
It's a sweet son. Guys, come on. They're, they're very normal people who get stoked from time to time and their lives are fine. People just don't want to be told everything is so tight over and over and Nancy, over. Nancy, don't hate, man. I'm just telling you how it is, fool. Okay, all right, how about this? How about this? I'm stoked right now. Oh, oh, oh I feel great. I'm stoked. Stoking, you're stoked? Oh. Yeah. Stoked. And you know what? I'm getting more stoked because I'm on TV, right? Fuck yeah, man. Oh, yeah. This shit rules. This is a clearly, clearly not metrosexual moment, moment in history. Andre the Giant. A man was born in a small farm town in France on May 19th, 1946. Andre Rusimov came out of the womb as a full-grown man. That might be a bit of an exaggeration, but by age of 18, he was indeed over 7 feet tall and weighed over 300 pounds. Soon he became one of the most intimidating fighters of our time. Eventually, he got up to 7 foot 5, 500 pounds. If you saw him on the street today, you would be shocked because he's no longer alive. But he was a true man. He never would have fit into girly leather pants or a fuzzy little scarf with cute patterns on it. He used scars for tube socks and pool covers as condoms. Andre the Giant only lost matches when he felt like losing. He only talked to people he felt like talking to. And he never, ever ordered his latte with soy milk. Here's to you, Giant. You're no metrosexual. When you used the word metro, you were talking about the subway. And you were on the subway because you couldn't fit in a car. This has been and Lee Camp. For more funny crap, check out LeeCamp.net and SharkBaby.com. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. Welcome back to the Mount Rockmore podcast. If what we're doing here is giving you happy pants. Please check out our website at thebowershow.com and follow us on Twitter at thebowershow or at M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E at Mount Rockmore. Give us a rating. Give us a review. One to five stars on iTunes. One star if you thought Alicia Silverstone was hotter in the Aerosmith videos. And five stars if you knew Liv Tyler was the hotter one in the Aerosmith videos. At Mount Rockmore at M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E. So one day, the guys in Aerosmith have this amazing song they're writing in New York City. But the lyrics, the title, it's all hard to come by. Total writer's block, right? And they can't come up with a goddamn thing. They say, hey, let's get our minds off this and go see a movie in Times Square. They go see a little movie called Young Frankenstein. And in that movie... This scene happens. You know, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm a rather brilliant surgeon. Perhaps I could help you with that hump. What hump? Let's go. Allow me, master. Oh, thanks very much. Walk this way. This way. And the rest is history. The band nearly fell out of their seats laughing. The next day, Steven Tyler decided to write a song around the line, did some drugs, wrote about the lyrics, only to lose them in a cab. On the fly, he scribbled down lines the next day in the studio about a high school loser getting laid for the first time. And that leads us to our second song, being hammered into the Aerosmith mountainside. 
Back in 1986, Run DMC was totally against doing a remake with Aerosmith for Walk This Way. Daryl Mack, DMC from Run DMC, explains why. Because we always love to rap over Walk This Way at block parties and park parties. Before okay. Rappers Delight, every MC rapped over Walk This Way. We didn't know it was Walk This Way. It was oh. just, yo, Jay, get the Toys in the Attic album out and play number four. I never gotcha. knew. And we had never heard the lyrics. The DJs would never let it play that far. It was back to the beginning. We never got to hear the lyrics. What was going to happen was we was going to sample it, have the riff come in and out, and it had been like, I'm DMC and the place to be, the best MC in history. There will never be an MC better than me. I've been rhyming on the mic since 83, because it was 86 now. And I'm DJ Ron and I'm number one. I'm here to get it done and have some fun. It was Rick Rubin walks into the studio while we're coming up with the loop for the record. And Rick goes, you know how Rick always go, hey guys, you know when Rick talks, his head moves up and down. <laughs> Does it? And now he got the beard, so it's even more. If you look at him, <laughs> if you look at back interviews with him and the Beasties and see Rick in um, our movie, Tougher Than Leather, Hey, he always, his head always does this and stuff. So he was like, hey, guys, you know who that is? And we was like, no, he said, hey, guys, you know what should be a great idea? Y'all should do the record over. So me and Run was taken from our limited hip-hop mind. What do you think we're going to do? We're going to sample the motherfucker and we're going to... He says, no, you should do the record over the way those guys did it. Jay, rest in peace, Jay was like, yo, that'll be a great idea. So me and Run was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all taking this rock rap thing too far because we had made Rockbox mm -hmm. and we made King of Rock. We wanted to rhyme about us. Rick took the record off the turntable, gave us some yellow notepads that's still in existence. You know, the yellow notepad yeah. and a pen. Go sit over there and put the needle on the record. Let the record play. Listen to the lyrics and write them down so you can do them over. So me and Ron, we go down in my basement. We put the needle on the record. We got the yellow notepad and a pen out and put the needle on the record, because it's static and the dust, it's like boom, that, boom, that, boom, boom, that, and we went in that, and then Steven comes on, backstroke, lover in the hot and if it cover, this is on, this is us on the floor, oh hell no, we are not, this is country bumpkin, mountain climbing, hillbilly, gibberish, you guys is real, yo, we, we, we totally rebel, but with after a little um, um, coaxing from Jam Master Jay and Rick Rubin, we went and recorded the version that you're here today, that people say is so phenomenal, but here's the killer thing, even after we finished that, uh, we hit out for a week, and then Jay calls us, y'all got to come to the studio right now. Rick then went to Boston and brought Steven Tyler and Joe Perry to the studio. So we get in the cars and leave Queens, and we come in the studio. And we didn't know no better. We walk in the studio, and we see Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Yeah. But we didn't know no better. We was like, oh, shit. Rick done went and got the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and Steve was humble. Steve was like, he laughed it off. He said, oh, no, 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 guys. Those are the other guys. Steve was like, we're Aerosmith. So we recorded the record. Um, the version that you're here today is what you hear, but here's me and Run. After that, we was leaving the studio, time for us to go home, because we mm -hmm. laid our vocals. We looked at everybody in that room and said, y'all can be happy as y'all want, but y'all better not put this record out as a single. 
Wow. Look at what it did now. Damn. So now when I go to schools and I talk to, you know, I go to a lot of high schools and middle schools mm-hmm. and I talk to the kids and I always say, always be open to try something <laughs> new because it might not just only change your life, it could change the world. And that the persuasion from Rick Rubin got them to do it. The rest is history. It's Walk This Way with Run DMC on the Aerosmith Mount Rockmore. Like that, which you should, there's no reason not to. That, that song right there is regarded as the first crossover between rock and hip hop, a key moment in the history of recorded sound. And Kid Rock, Eminem, Limp Biscuit can all thank Run DMC and Aerosmith for that one. 
Now, we're halfway through the Mount Rushmore of Aerosmith songs. We've only got two more songs to go. Can you believe that part of it? Only two more songs to go. But first, it's time for an Aerosmith Today You Learned. Today, today, today you learned. Today, today, today you learned. It's like after-dinner trivia for your Aerosmith meal, if you will. Today you learned that while Steven Tyler was judging American Idol, Aerosmith briefly briefly considered bringing in Sammy Hagar for lead vocals. That would have changed their name had the deal gone through. Today, you learned Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry sold his prized 1959 Les Paul during his divorce and lost track of it until he found Slash from Guns N' Roses in a magazine holding the exact same guitar. For years, Slash refused to sell it back until he finally gave it to Perry as a gift on his 50th birthday. Today, you learned Aerosmith's Steven Tyler in kind of a creepy story got a family that were groupies, fans of Aerosmith, to assign their 14-year-old daughter to Steven's care. She got pregnant by him, had an abortion, and then Steven Tyler gave her back to her parents when she was 17. And then as the story goes, that's when Steven Tyler hooked up with a model that later became the mother to Liv Tyler and also didn't tell Liv that Steven Tyler was her father until after the mom was in a relationship with Todd Rundgren, who she thought was... It's a whole soap opera kind of drama thing. And finally, you learned that in 1977... Aerosmith's flight crew inspected a CV-240 Convair airplane for possible use and rejected it because they felt the plane and crew were not up to their standards. That exact plane crashed on October 20th, 1977 from fuel exhaustion due to poor maintenance, killing three members of Leonard Skinner. And that is your Aerosmith Today You Learnt. Today, today, today you learn. Today, today, today you learn. Well, Aerosmith had only sold 400,000 copies of Done With Mirrors before Walk This Way, but heavy rotation of that video on MTV gave them more exposure outside America than they had ever received before. So this new Aerosmith that was kind of coming together would forge a relationship with some of America's most successful songwriters as well as commissioners of MTV who clearly enjoyed these young, edgy videos that Aerosmith was putting together. The first glut of hit singles taken from Permanent Vacation was this song, described as a self-explanatory, mildly politically incorrect earworm with a cheeky narrative that continued a gender-bending lineage going back to the kinks Lola, taking in Lou Reed's walk on the wild side along the way. Now, according to Motley Crue's Nikki Six and co-writer Desmond Child, the actual content for the song goes back to a time when Steven Tyler met Motley Crue's Vince Neil at a bar and assumed Vince Neil was a lady. Hence, song number three on the Mount Rushmore of Aerosmith is Dude Looks Like a Lady on Mount Rushmore. Dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. 
See, that jump-started the program. First of all, they got on that element of Run DMC with Walk This Way. Then they had Dude Looks Like a Lady. It catapulted them through the 80s and scored them their first top 40 hits since their terrible cover of the Beatles' Come Together back in 1978. Now here, a week after the 4th of July, we celebrate possibly the greatest American band, the 50, or depending on what stripper you might ask, 52, States has to offer. But even the greatest band has songs that don't quite make the cut. So let's pay tribute now to some of those songs that didn't quite make it onto the Mount Rushmore of Aerosmith songs. On the overexposed much planes lay the mangled remains of crying. And if slow dancing at the prom is your Aerosmith game, turn away from the rats picking away at the carcass of Angel in Power Ballad Gully. Now, back to the mountainside. What Aerosmith hit started off as a country song? Really? But then ended up a masterpiece you could hear at your dentist's office? Well, that's next here on the Mount Rockmore of Aerosmith. Oprah Winfrey show yesterday, the beloved talk show host made the announcement that she's going to invite fans to be buried along with her in her tomb upon her death. This is so exciting. And joining us right now with the tales is our own entertainment reporter, Alex Blair. Good morning, Alex. Hi there, guys. Hi, Alex. Eternity with Oprah. What a treat. Now tell us how fans can get in on well, this. Well, it's simple, you guys. The fans deemed worthy by Oprah's producers will be given a voucher for a one-way play ticket to Chicago to use on whatever day in the future Oprah eventually dies. There, they'll be embalmed and have their bodies purified and wrapped in cloth by Dr. Oz himself. Wow. And then they'll be right in there with her in the yeah. main chamber. Yep, the audience will be arrayed in a semicircle around Oprah's sarcophagus so that their souls can receive her wisdom even after death. And Oprah's going all out, too, isn't she? Outfitting the tomb with some of her favorite things. That's right. They'll be buried with 450 pairs of Dreamtime foot cozies and 80,000 bottles of Bliss Labs hand moisturizer, oh. which they will use in the afterlife. Right. It's going to be called the Oprah. Midian, uh -huh. and it's being built right now by thousands of women who are excited for the chance to prove their devotion. That's right, Jim. About 10,000 of her most loyal fans have already started digging the foundation and quarrying the marble that will be needed to build the tomb under the supervision of Oprah's best friend, Gail King. Of course. Wow. Some of those ladies are working hard. Wow. The Biz Dish sent a camera crew to the construction site this morning. I already burned offerings to Oprah on my shrine at home, so this is a huge honor. I will follow Oprah into the next world. I just hope that she's the one who administers the sleeping draft personally. Now, I hear that Oprah had a lot of input on the design of the inner chamber. Yep, and it was also her idea to adorn the South Portico with a 60-foot-tall sculpture of her thyroid what a great to raise idea. awareness wow. of thyroid health sure. for women. She thinks of everything. She does. Uh -huh. Well, Alex Blair, thank you so much for joining us, as always. Thanks, guys. Now, competing daytime talk show host Maury Povich also unveiled plans for his death today. His body is going to be dumped into a trash pile on New York's Staten Island. Can I get you a drink? Beer. Beer? All I've got is Miller Highlife. Well, that's too bad. I was hoping you were going to give me a golden shower. From the pristine bowels of New York City's East River comes the refreshing taste of golden shower ale. Once you break the seal, you're in luck. Find me a beer with a natural taste. Let a golden shower trickle on your face. Hey, man, good game. Yeah, you too. 
Man, I could really go for a golden shower. Really? Well, you're in luck. We recommend you serve golden shower at 98.6 degrees. Smooth going down and smooth coming out. Golden shower. Golden shower has the distinct taste you're going to get used to. Golden shower. Thanks for the golden shower. Now I want a dirty Sanchez. Buck her up, buttercup. Golden Shower Ale. Go ahead, relieve yourself. Breaking down the best four songs. This, this, this is Mount Rock. Don't think it's yours just because you marked it with your urine. Well, that's kind of fitting there, those two things. Welcome back. We're down to our last track on the mount, Rushmore, of Aerosmith songs. First, we ask you to visit our website, thebowershow.com. Hit up our shop there, complete with Mount Rockmore t-shirts, sweatshirts, other gear. You'll see our daily video podcast, which has now sort of moved into a weekly podcast as things are starting. I'll put those in air quotes to loosen up around coronavirus. It's called Beer Half Full Bower. Me and my six-year-old daughter uh, host that every Friday. We dish out the smiles in under 10 minutes. Now, Aerosmith made more money on the game Guitar Hero than from any of their albums. This song started as a country song, then received the full treatment from songwriter Desmond Child, one of the group's key collaborators in the comeback years, and then ended up, as some have called it, a soft rock masterpiece. Now, regarding power ballads, Steven Tyler said, half of me loves them, the other half of me is whispering, you fucking wimp, don't put any more of that shit out. But put that shit out, they did. Reaching number nine on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1989, multi-layered, containing far more sections than your common garden variety power ballad. It's something of a grower, and after a few drinks, you might just find yourself screaming along and wondering how Steven Tyler manages to reach those notes without even breaking a sweat. Your final spot on the Mount Rockmore of Aerosmith goes to What It Takes on Mount Rockmore. Baby, what's the story? I'm 
myself yelling along and no i didn't have anything to drink to get me there desmond child helped john bon jovi create living on a prayer and shortly after that he wrote that song with joe perry and steven tyler the fourth single on pump and shot to number nine in the billboard hot 100 even many aerosmith fans who hate power ballads tend to make an exception on that one Hey, massholes, hate my picks? Think you could do better? Tweet us at M-T-R-O-C-K-M-O-R-E at Mount Rockmore and let me know. I may need you to help me park my car and host some upcoming Rockmores. And if you're still fighting over which of the two young ladies 
is the hottest in an Aerosmith video, Alicia Silverstone or Liv Tyler, who, by the way, got the gig in the crazy video without the video producers even knowing that her dad, Steven Tyler, was in the Aerosmith band. They had no idea. They just thought she was a great-looking kid. Put her in there. Well, let me throw a third smoking hot horse in this Aerosmith video race. The Jaded video from Aerosmith stars one Mila Kunis from that 70s show and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Talk amongst yourselves. But by all means, tell your pals to subscribe and we'll be here for your 40th high school graduation road trip. I'm Bauer. Until the next Rockmore, see ya. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Saved by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.